Warning, the podcast you are about to listen to may have adult language and discuss adult themes not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. If you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. Here we sit. There is a weight in my chest. You're up to your elbows in Coors Banquet, listening to sad country music while writing this because in the most literal, literal example for some time, breaks your heart once again. It's not the same as it was. We're different now. You'll see. Yet we continue to wait. The Bengals season comes to an end, 23-20, to 20, and the Chiefs move on to the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, and Andy Reid to play for the ultimate prize, they get another chance to solidify a modern dynasty, two Super Bowls, and three AFC championships in six years. To them, a heartfelt congratulations. I didn't record the thoughts after last season, and for that, I apologize. To the Rams and Chiefs both, you guys were better at the times, at the critical moments, and you guys both outlasted the Bengals ending their seasons. To my Cincinnati Bengals, I would be lying if I hid my pain, the raw hurt, knowing how close you came. You deserve so much more. In 2019 through 2020, you battled through a 625-1 record, back to top five draft, back-to-back top five draft picks, and a 31-year playoff drought. Since then, you have gone 22 and 11 over back-to-back division championships, adding 16 wins back to your overall record breaking the streak all the way to a Super Bowl chance. You are 7-2 and two over the last two postseasons, losing by a total of six points. I am hurt <clears throat> by no longer seeing this team compete and losing a game you had every chance to win. I can be nothing but proud. The Lord never tests you with more than you can handle, so now you have all necessary experience to continue to grow. Who day? Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to Live from the Jungle. We are post the AFC Championship. You see it on the bottom of the screen as you're watching live here uh, on the far end of the bench YouTube channel, which everyone should should subscribe to. Uh, At least a couple of good things should come out of tonight. The uh, Bengals fall to the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, 23 to 20. This is a show that you guys did not get last season. I did not have... The ability, I, I'll say, the the lack of emotional maturity to be able to come on and talk about the end of the Bengals season last year after the Super Bowl, expecting so much and coming back with so little. I said it in the that little opening there, but it, it is a little, it is something that I do hold as a little bit of embarrassment because I feel like as as a podcaster, as somebody who wants to be in the sports media business, whether my team wins or loses, I should be on. I should be saying something. And uh, hopefully, if you did not hear my little intro live, you guys go back and listen to this as it's released on the audio networks. Follow at FEOTV Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You'll be able to watch this back. I'm going to bring in my co-host, my partner in crime, Nico Bryant. Um, I, he's He was brave enough to say that he'd come on the post game, and we were very close to having a much different show. I don't know if you can still hear it through my microphone. I have my sad country music going. I think it's going to be going until I fall asleep tonight and get ready to go back to school tomorrow. Um, that was 
eerily similar. I know it's funny because we were in senior year of high school when the Vontez Perfect penalty ended the Bengals season back in 2015. Your bang, your Broncos went on to win the Super Bowl that season. And now tonight, Joseph Asai, essentially his roughing the passer penalty puts the Kansas City Chiefs in the position to go down, get the game-winning field goal, and the Bengals, after what looked like a Cinderella season and, and one where they improved mightily, comes to an end. And the Kansas City Chiefs, your division rival in the AFC West, moves on to the Super Bowl. So I know you're upset about that, but uh, Nico, thanks for coming on and, and braving what could be uncharted waters here as, as I'm dealing with some emotional pain. What, what's a podcast co-host if I'm not here for you when, when, when you have tough losses like the one you just had? I, I mean, look, look, I'm not happy. I wanted the Bengals. You know that. The, everyone who listened to our show this week um, knows that I was, I was on the wrong side of things just as well. And, um, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't like rooting for that team. I never will. And 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 Jimmy, you, now you're getting to experience what the six years of pain that I I've been put through through number fifteen and number eighty seven. Um, except it's finally your first loss against them. So that that pain that that you've been getting from them for for the last well hour or so, however long it's been, I've been dealing with for six years. Obviously, it's much different because my team hasn't sniffed the playoffs in six years. But 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 I mean, look this 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 team in Kansas City. Man, do they have everything? Do they had everything right go for them, uh, and every and, and, and everything, everything, and then some stuff that was even out of their control, Nico. And and I'm sure we'll talk about it. But yeah, no, this is gifted so many different opportunities to win this team, and a team with Patrick Mahomes doesn't need that. <laughs> Plain and simple, they don't need that. A team, a, no. team, a team with the quarter that that's quarterback. Of, of this generation, I'll say it, the best quarterback of this generation does not need that. And, and you get to that to them. And it wasn't a it wasn't a Chiefs beat the Bengals. Oh my god, they're they're so high and above every everything that the Bengals did. It's it's a Chiefs were able to squeak out a win with the help of people around them, including the people in pinstripes, and also a few tic-tac calls here and there. Yeah, and I guess that goes back to what we were talking about since the beginning of this Bengals playoff run this season. Going back to last season, the Bengals pretty much got every lucky break that they could. Going all the way back to last year when they broke the 31-year playoff curse that I was talking about in the opening and that whistlegate play with Derek Carr going on the sidelines against the Raiders, like that was a very lucky play. You get three interceptions from Ryan Tannehill the following week. That's a very lucky sequence. Patrick Mahomes throws – two interceptions, one to a defensive lineman, which he never does, and you end up beating the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime. You you only fall last season in the post, in the biggest moment in the Super Bowl to the, the Los Angeles Rams after being absolutely hounded by an all-pro defensive tackle. This season, we make all the necessary adjustments. The offensive line for 15 weeks is beautiful, perfect, working in synergy. After Joe Burrow comes back from his appendix, this team looks amazing, Tonight marks the first loss that they've had since Halloween night, October 31st of 2022. It was 13 weeks in a row. This team hadn't suffered a loss. So I I don't want any of that to be lost in what the next, however long this live broadcast is going to be. It's been seven minutes so far. I feel like it's been as as positive as it can be. Make sure you follow at FEOTB pod. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'll obviously talk about this game a little bit more when our podcast drops this Thursday. But yeah, Nico, that was 
they're difficult. I mean, I know that Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mullins are difficult. We've played them. This is the fourth time we played them in the last 150 days. And I only know that because Jim Nance and Tony Romo repeat every fact a million and a half times. But it, it's this is now the rivalry in the AFC. It's the premier rivalry. It's the back-to-back AFC championship games. These are the two teams that you have to be able to beat, compete against, and play very well to be able to have a chance at, at winning the Lombardi Trophy. And so far, um, I guess uh, I'll turn it over to you because as a Broncos fan, the Kansas City Chiefs now have a the possibility of solidifying a dynasty. I mentioned it in the cold open. It's It would be three AFC championships and two Super Bowls in the last six years that would I, I would consider that a dynasty under the current salary um, salary cap and CBA terms I don't know how you feel about that well I, I, I'd have to agree I, I would uh, I want to touch on on the woefulness of Bengals fans right now and, and and I'm going to try to compare this the best way I can is look this in, in my opinion I see I see this this, this head-to-head matchup between the Chiefs and Bengals Similar to how we saw Brady and, and, and Manning in the 2000s, it was it was it was a matchup where one night this guy can be the, that guy, and another night that guy has to be that guy. Obviously, the pieces around them will change, but the, the same old will be the same old, and it'll be important for, for the Bengals to continue this. Like I said, something that that the um, that the that the that the, the Colts didn't necessarily do for Peyton was was keep that strong group around them. Yes, Marvin Harrison's Reggie Wayne's world played really well, but it just wasn't as great. And and I mean, look, I I, I, I can't I can't help but um, I can't help but think that that what what the what the Bengals are going to keep doing can help them can help them no longer. I yeah I think I I agree on that point. This is a team now moving forward. If they continue to stay healthy, and I think that they're going to continue. I, I said it this morning in the pregame show, which I know you were going to jump on. I had to like end it quick. I texted you like that wasn't. I was so incoherent and such a ball full of energy before that game. Um, it all came back right before kickoff too. I I tweeted it out from our account at FEOTV Pod. The Eagles game just made me more nervous. It didn't like ease my anxiety one bit. So th- this morning I kind of I said it. Mike Brown is doing the things that's going to try and continue to keep this team in this position moving forward. He's spending money. He's going to get the uh, outdoor facility made in Cincinnati, which is huge because everybody goes back to that was the entire argument last season when the Bengals were. Uh, going through this this run was that they did not have an outdoor facility their owner did not spend money their owner is doing that their gm is going to have the ability to continue to make this team good they have to get deeper on the offensive line that was made clear but for the first 15 weeks of this season after you get over that not playing in the preseason which you and i both harped on immensely at the beginning of the nfl season on our podcast the far end of the bench which comes out every thursday i think after that after that and that halloween night game this was a team that I you can consider would be put if we're going by eras. The last era would be the Brady's, and I would say the New England's and the Baltimore's, where you're pretty much certain to see those two teams in the, at least the divisional round of the playoffs every season. They might play every now and then in the AFC Championship. They might have to beat each other in the divisional round. They might not meet up every now and then. But those are like the two teams in the AFC, and you can throw in the Colts there too when they had Peyton. But like 
the, this is the the matchup. These are the teams that you're going to have to beat moving forward. I think that they have the ability if they do the correct things in the offseason with contracts. I know that everybody's on their rookie deals, so maybe that's my little bit of oppor- opportunistic outlook on things as a Bengals fan, being able to keep everyone around that we have. But for now, at least, it seems like the GM is going to have the ability. And, I mean, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase – that defense, if they are able to keep Lou Anarumo, those are all very, very good points to be able to bring back a uh, bring back and bring guys in in free agency. We talked about it. Peyton was huge in the Broncos in the free agency. You could just say, hey, you're going to go play with Peyton Manning, and the guys would be like, yeah, I don't care how much money I sign for. I'm just going to go out there and play. Yeah, you won't be able to keep around the T. Higgins of the world for when you, when you have to pay Jamar and Joe Burrow. You won't be able to keep around the Tyler Boyd's and, and all that company at all. I mean – when, when, you, when you look at the, the rest of this team, like the people leave, absolutely. But you know, Joe Burrow has built, has, has been able to make it to, to a point where, to, to a point where, like, we always saw that too. All right. Um, going back to the beginning of this game, when the Bengals did go down early, were you like Tony Romo? I, I really. First off, let's get your thoughts on what the broadcast was like for CBS because CBS has had the AFC Championship now for the last few years. I think last year was was better than this season. Obviously, there's a lot of other emotions that go into that. What did you think of the CBS broadcast with Jim Nance and, and Tony Romo? Did you agree with Tony Romo going on top of that, that this Bengals team – uh, the, the you were they were never out of it. Whether the the Chiefs were up six nothing, it was thirteen to three at one point. Like this was a team that was always liable to come back, and the, and the Chiefs never felt comfortable. No, they they never did at all. And and Tony, um, look, I'm glad it was Tony's last game of the year, and I'm very happy that uh, Greg Olson will be calling the Super Bowl because I thought his breakdown of this playoffs so far has been incredible. So I will be much happier hearing Greg final game of the year but um look no they never were out of it i i i think last year showed that when you're down by 19 points or whatever it was at halftime um they sh- it showed that the Bengals could crawl their right back into this completely um it was never it was and, and to be honest with ourselves like there was there was a big shift there there was there was a big shift where a couple of those referee calls just just may have ended it right there for them like there, there, there was a there was a point where the Bengals were a minus one twenty four on the money line, um, with, with with the with the Chiefs with the ball because of how how much they were stopping them, um, whether it be the fifth the fifth down, that obviously the the Chiefs couldn't capitalize on, or or the Eli Apple hold. I, I mean, I mean, that that dude that dude ate his words. I'll tell you that it wasn't much of a call. I'm not, I'm not gonna be doing that. But they didn't his words, and, and he couldn't guard him or Mike Hilton could not guard Marquez Valdez Scantling in the fourth quarter and, and going forward, and 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 that's and that was their third, fourth straight receiver, right? Juju Smith-Schuster went out, McCall Hartman went out for injury, and they had to rely on Sky Moore and, and, and like as a likes of MBS. So it's 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 going to secondary. The secondary is going to be another big question. For this Bengals team, and, and it will be going into the offseason. There's zero doubt about it. I, I think Mike Hilton is a great piece to work off of, but good teams have more than one dude in the back. And if you well, want, yeah, and, and you want to get to the you want to get to the promise, then you have to have a bunch of dogs in the back. You can't rely on one dude to guard every person on the field. Because when Hilton has to go guard MBS because he's smoking eye apple, that leaves Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field open. 
So, so, so there's a lot of things that will affect that, but the Bengals were never out of the football. They never, they never were. And, and, and for the most part, they were their team. They didn't, in my opinion, they, they, in, the, in the second half, they were the better football team. And, and by the luck of, I'll say Patrick Mahomes and the guys in stripes, but I don't know that they ran the Chiefs over win this game. I will never, never do the rigging shit. I will, I will not say the game is rigged. It wasn't rigged. There's no way. But, but my God, was it bad. It's bad. It's yeah. very, very bad. And, and I'll even go back as far as saying the Niners Eagles game was along with similar lines. Referees should not be deciding football games in the playoffs. Plain and simple. The last play at the end of the game was was the right call. It was. But there was a lot of other calls throughout the game, both ways, and, on, and in both games, that I'm like, why are, why are we not letting Mahomes and Burrow decide this? Because you yeah. didn't decide it. Yeah, because why Why give – it was already third nine one time. And I think that the Bengals were able to stop the Chiefs on that drive. But you're talking about the fifth down, which I think – if you're going to continue to name these plays in the postseason, this is going to be the fifth down NFL version, which is only funny because I live in Colorado and CU has the infamous fifth down back from Missouri. So yeah, that team it, wanted though, did something off of that. Drive. Yeah, it was good for them, but I don't know if, if giving the ball back to Joe Burrow on the Bengals offense at one play earlier gives them the necessary things that they need to go down the field. That chief's defense credit to them. Last season, all the talk was about how the Bengals' defense made their second-half adjustments and the Chiefs did not know what to do and, and the Chiefs' defense couldn't, couldn't hang. This year, Lou Anamarumo and Steve Spagnola went blow for blow. As much of an offensive firepowered game this would be, you mentioned it, a lot of Chief, uh, Chiefs receivers go out on, the, on that side. Kansas City played great defense to where the Bengals' offense had to struggle and fight for everything that they got. You didn't have the rushing game to help out this backup offensive line. Chris Jones made a point like I will give Chris Jones all the credit in the world because he took that burrow head stuff seriously, but he was a, he was like a competitor about it. He said, no, I'll refer to it as burrow head. You're right. There is no rivalry. There a rivalry happens when both teams have a win in the series. And right now we don't have a win against this Joe Burrow and Cincinnati Bengals team. So he gets, all of my due respect, and Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, being able to win with guys like Sky Moore and Grant, whatever his name was, in the game after a couple big-time receivers go out. I, I said it. I'll continue to say it. I wasn't necessarily, like, when it started to look like it was going that way and the Bengals weren't going to be able to come and pull this one out like they had been for the, the past two seasons in my life. I did tell my parents, like, as long as they didn't come out there and, like, get rolled over. I didn't want it to be a 14-point blowout. I didn't want it to be, like, this backup offensive line totally screwed the Cincinnati Bengals and did not give them a chance to win. The Bengals had every chance to win this game. Their offense had so many possessions where they could have taken the lead, put it out of reach. They never had the lead in this game which is the unfortunate thing. They had the lead the rest of the playoffs, except for, I think, four minutes against the Baltimore Ravens. And for whatever reason, they, they just weren't able to, to take that extra step forward. Couldn't get into field goal range at the necessary times. Both teams have great kickers, but A.J. Feely said it best. I mean, the, the wind was blowing. You could see leaves blowing in from, like, outside the stadium. There was no way that anybody was going to be making a middle 50-yard field goal. And that brings us to the play that will end it, which – it is so eerily similar. Like, you remember how messed up I was after that Vontaze Burfick personal foul ended things back in 2015. I love the way Joseph Osai played. And for 
59 minutes and like 50 seconds of the rest of the game that he was on the field, nothing else he could have done would have been better. Yet at the most critical moment, one, you give up a punt return that that should not have gone that far. Your special teams let you down in that situation. That's where the inexperience of a rookie punter over a 10-year guy in Kevin Huber kind of comes into play. But then a personal foul penalty, you injure yourself on the last play. You put them in field goal range. Harrison Booker has to hit a 45-yarder basically straight down the middle. I know it's windy. I know that there's a chance that he could miss it. It just it, it was what I've been 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 wary of. It's what I've been telling all my family members. Like well, Bengals well, are undefeated against I, I, the Chiefs. I, I, Something I, has to give. At the point where Mahomes stepped out, the, the field goal would have been a 53, 54 yarder. That, that's 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 the fact of it. At the point where he stepped out, it would have been a 53, 54 yarder, and with eight seconds left, which means more than likely the Chiefs were trying to have to run another play and try to get closer. And in that play, a multitude of things can happen. One, the ball you can tackle the guy inbounds. Two, you have you have a incomplete pass and, and a fifty-three yard fifty-three yard um uh, on field goal. Or or, or or C, you they could they could complete the pass and they could earn it. They could have earned it. Instead you gave them it. It's plain and simple. Fifteen yards at that point of the game is, is the biggest ball you could ever have. And, and, and look, I feel I feel for Joseph Asai. He sat on the bench for an hour, probably 35 minutes after the, the, the final whistle ended. And, and look, and I don't, I'm not going to say the whole reason for this game was his fault. It absolutely wasn't. It's it, it's like saying when the when the when, when the um, when the opposing kicker uh, misses the misses misses the game winner at the end of the game, and the guy game's tied and you lose it in overtime. It didn't. End the game right there. You could, you had a chance to block it. You had multitude of chances to win the game, but there's zero doubt that is one of the biggest bonehead moves that we've ever seen in, in AFC Championship history, in recent history at least, as far as I'm aware. And and, and doing that to, to, like I said, your defense for the most part had been able to keep them in check. Mahomes is on one leg for Pete's sake. You're, you keep him in the pocket, which you were able to do for the most part of fourth quarter, outside the one final run. And you may you may as well get a get a missed field goal from fifty plus. They said it. They said it. Feely said it. Fifty three plus is not a guarantee in this weather. Five degree weather. I remember going. I, I hate to keep keep reminding myself of this game, but back in back in the snow in the frozen bowl game between the Ravens and the Broncos, people forget the game. The game wasn't over after after the the um Raheem Raheem uh, whatever uh, Raheem more more Raheem the dream more. In the Raheem Moore game, a game that that play sent it to overtime. There was a game winner at the, in overtime by Baltimore that sealed the game for them. And Justin Tucker, who was very young at the time, won that game. And, and there was and it was something similar. They got down, they moved the ball, and they were at the opposing forty yard line and got a couple dumb penalties by the Broncos that put them in range and they won the ball game. Things like that can cost you that that will cost you the game. And, and that's that's something that the Bengals need to take into take into. Um, Taking the next season, I I want I want to go back and touch about this 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 Chiefs defense and the defensive battle because on on the pre on the um, preview of, of this game last week on our show, I said that that this Chiefs old defensive line is something that the Bills have, or not, sorry the Bengals have not seen all postseason and all season long. The Chiefs defensive line, if you didn't know, now you know, has the most sacks in the NFL this year. That defensive line total, fifteen sacks from Chris Jones alone. 
And, and and look, you can say what you want about the Bills. The Bills are the Bills are very one-sided defensively, and they got exposed, absolutely exposed. This defense and the, all those backup offensive linemen were I don't care, I don't know what your name is, and I don't care. Well, all those no-name dudes got shown, put on notice tonight because Burrow did not have the time he did. The second half adjustments with having mix and chip, having the likes of uh, uh, I forgot who the backup tight end it is, chip. That helps the edges, but it was the interior offensive lineman. That's where Kappa can help you. That's where the likes of the, these other dudes and Lyle Collins and the veteran experience of him, having him back will help you. That's why you sign those guys in the offseason. Um, so so I'm not going to say that hurts you in the long run, but in the fourth quarter with two minutes left, Burrow has more time than what he has, and, and, and Frank Clark and Chris Jones just don't tee off on your second-string offensive lineman. That's the results you're going to get. I'll I'll give you the example. The last boneheaded play, boneheaded penalty that affected the end of the AFC Championship game was Frank Clark being offsides against the New England Patriots, which sent that game in overtime and Tom Brady beating them, going to his Super Bowl, winning against the Rams that season. So that was the last time that that, that had happened in the AFC Championship game. And yeah, you're right. This I was nervous. I said it on our podcast that this defensive line had the pass rush like Chris Jones. Much better than anything they faced. Yeah, Chris so Jones is 6360. Akeem Adeniji, I will give him the credit. Like up until that last sack that Chris Jones got, or that last QB pressure that Chris Jones got, Akeem Adeniji played the best of any of these replacement offensive linemen that we had to see. But it was not good overall, and that was evident early and often. As much as the Bengals tried to get after Patrick Mahomes, and they hit him a couple times, and you saw him get up gimpy with that ankle a few times. This is like the first time, you're right, this is the first time that I've seen the the magic that is Patrick Mahomes. He's injured. Everybody can see that he's clearly injured. And Travis Kelsey is clearly injured, pitching it to whomever he he can see running past him. Yet this team just does not have the ability to, to make those critical mistakes. We thought they did it with that fumble, and the Bengals get no points out of it. The the Bengal the Chiefs defense stood up when they needed to. It's no, what you no, texted me. Like no, if the Bengals defense could have stood up in the situations that they needed to, you're we're talking about a different outcome. But that was the Chiefs defense this time. And the, the ball that, that Mahomes did lose, that the, the it was a thirteen to twenty game, and the Bengals did score um, off of that to, to tie the game up. So I will give the credit where it's due of of scoring off the turnovers. But like I, like I said, I I've seen it for six fucking years. <laughs> Plain and simple, I have. It's it's and and re- reasons why the Chiefs can win this game, win these type of games where it's gritty, is because they're so well coached and so and because Andy Reid keeps the guys in check. Yes, obviously there's there's the the idiots of the middle linebacker saying, "Do you see anything special about the Bengals' offense?" No, that's the only thing. It's the only thing you saw. The only thing you saw from the Chiefs disrespecting the Bengals at all. Everything for the most part was, yeah, we haven't beat them. Yeah, we haven't beat them. Yeah, those guys came to our house and beat us. Over on the other side, Jimmy, constant burrow head, constant Eli Apple running his mouth. One, two, three, Cancun. I'm so I don't care. I, I, I care about everyone else on the Bengals. I care less. Two shits about Eli Apple. One, two, three, Cancun, buddy. Have have fun and have go go join Stefan Diggs over there on the beaches over there and have fun. Because you you right now, there's a reason why you're on the fourth team in the NFL in five years. So your your ass should be cut. <laughs> this team needs Shadobe Woozy back. He needs to, he needs to get Shadobe back and, and he needs to have him back so he can be the number two corner alongside Mike Hilton. And you need that guys like Dax Hill, who you drafted. 
um, in the first round last year to take that next step next year. Don't, don't, you don't use that name around me right now. That stupid-ass punt penalty. <laughs> it's a rookie mistake, Jimmy. Playing simple, it's a rookie mistake. And, and it happens, but but – I'm telling you right now, that's the guy who should be your third quarter next year, not Eli Apple, when Awuzie and Hills. Of course, up. yes, of course, so, please. You, you, Anything that I can do to get Eli Apple off of this team, please. And, and, and for my part, Zach, I think Zach Taylor did call a good game. I thought there was a lot of a lot of gutsy calls and a lot of great calls by him and Callahan to, to to get the team where they were in a position to win the football game. In the end, they just did not have enough and had some other things go wrong the way. But like I said, it just shows to, to what Andy Reid has done over there. That team knows that, that you don't have to win pretty games. You can win ugly games. They did that all season long. They they kept the Broncos in two games. They kept teams like the Raiders around. They kept these teams that they should have beat by 20, 30 points around these games because you, they know at, at the end all that matters is getting a W and moving on to the next week. And here they are doing exactly that. And, and and right now, Andy Reid knows better and knows his team more than more than anyone, and knows that we can do the shit talking after the game. We we can we can shit on you for talking about Burrowhead. We can shit on you talking about Burrow owning us and doing all that after you walk off the field and and, and street clothes and not putting on another jersey until come July and training camp. And that's exactly what the Chiefs did. Yeah, and now you and I are going to be at odds, and, and I'll get you out of here. I'm going to give my final thoughts. I'm, I'm going to give people from the Variety Sports Network a chance to, to jump on if they want to. I'm the biggest Philadelphia Eagles fan. I might have to get myself a, a Jalen Hurts jersey to wear by the time we have the Super Bowl played because fuck the Chiefs, man. <laughs> fuck the Chiefs so hard. I, I respect everything that you did, and I have it scrolling down at the bottom. I have it posted at the bottom of the screen. You beat us 23 to 20. You broke the curse. Mahomes has gotten the win against Burrow. All of those things. I, 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 look, I hate Philadelphia, too. <laughs> and I may or may not have tweeted out on our account. It may have been me, may have been Jimmy, that we gave Philadelphia their only Super Bowl um, of this year when Embiid beat Jokic. So uh, I may or may not have said that. I'm, I'm just pointing it out there. That tweet may have been deleted by now. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I'm going to be riding the Eagles, too. It would be very, very, very ironic if, if the Eagles lost in the Super Bowl the, the Phillies lost in the World Series, and then the Philadelphia, whatever the hell they're called, MLS team, lost in, lost in the MLS Cup too. Um, it'd be very ironic. I obviously don't want to see it, though, because I don't want a dynasty to keep growing. And, and, and in my opinion, unless the Chiefs do some drastic moves in the offseason, this dynasty is looking closer to being the, at the end, of, end tail of it, close to the end of it. Because, like I said, teams have caught up. Teams have caught up. Bengals have caught up. The Bills, I don't know, but but I feel like they caught up at last year at least, and and they seem like they can. And if the, and 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 I'm not saying that the Bengals should have beat, um, should should have beat the or the Bills should have beat the Bengals, but if the Bills were in this game, I think they still could have competed with this team. Um, I think I think and, and those three teams alone, and 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 look, it's interesting because of all the quarterbacks that we talk about the AFC. But guys like Brock Purdy made made the NFC Championship, and you have Jalen Hurts, a second year starting quarterback, being in the Super Bowl. Um, unless you got, dude, you you can do that. And right now, like I said, if the Chiefs, I'll I'll, I'll 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 go more in depth on our show this week. But the Chiefs are looking at a dynasty 
or looking at a failed experiment, possibly, and only winning one Super Bowl in as many trips as they've had would be would be would be a letdown. I do want before you go the last two things that I want you to address. One, how did you deal with losing in that AFC divisional round, the the freezing-ass cold game where the Ravens beat the Broncos? How did you come back from that? Because I'm going to need tips, and maybe you can give a little preview of what we're going to see on our show on Thursday. And then uh, what were your just initial reactions? We'll break it down more in depth on Thursday. But for the NFC Championship, the 49ers go down to their fourth-string quarterback. He gets hurt. Brock Purdy goes back in. Christian McCaffrey gets the quarterback headset. It's a whole fucking mess. But what did, what did you think about that whole ex- experience that we had there? Um, the last two the, thoughts. and then The, uh, Eagles, we'll, we'll the, Eagles, are, the Eagles were the best, the best team in the NFC. It wasn't close. Um, I do think the Eagles are playing the best team that they've played all year. I think upcoming week. I think that the Chiefs can – or best offense, at least in my opinion. Um, with, with the 49ers, Brock Purdy, you, you, they, they fucking played a quarterback, Jimmy, that I watched here in Denver during the fucking preseason. Bro, I watched him in the XFL. <laughs> he was the fucking preseason quarterback. He was, my, he was the reason I chose the LA Wildcats as my XFL team before the pandemic, Nico. I know. I, I sat there watching preseason football between Josh Johnson – I can't I, – I forget who we were playing – I think it was like um, I don't know who we we're playing. Either way, and, and and in the rain, and being like, man, oh man, I'm so glad I don't have to watch this guy. It's nice having a quarterback. And oh, how five months later it has changed. Um, and and to be honest with you, this 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 that game right there, I think in my opinion, will heat the heat the rumors up of Brady going to San Francisco um, coming real soon because look how close this team is. You really want to go with Trey Lance another year? You want to sign Garoppolo again? Are you willing to do Brock Purdy experiment again? Like, like, look, this team is that close. It is. And and you you lose because, honestly, you had to run the football. You had to run the football. You're down fucking 20 points, and you didn't have a quarterback who throw the ball more five yards. Chris McCaffrey did everything he could to keep you in the football game, and you, you did nothing to help you. Um, so – the 49ers have a lot of questions around that quarterback, and we'll get to that more in the offseason, but the Eagles absolutely deserved it. Um, and coping mechanisms, uh, just looking at a lot of um, – I'll be honest with you. After that, it was the first year, Peyton. And, 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 yes, that would hurt, but I knew that we had another four or five years of, of this chance. And, and that's how you got to look at it if you're you. Burrow has played in big-time games, right? You're there. You are there. That's that's the thing is this is not something where you 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 your team is getting blown up in a year. You're not the Green Bay Packers right now. You're not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. You you have opportunities ahead of you. You just have to hope your team can maximize it. And, and I have faith. I have faith. It got real bleak after losing by 45 in the Super Bowl. Um, but 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 but, but in, in real, at the end of it, it worked out two years later. And, and it may take some time, but the reward of winning a Super Bowl is is more than more than you can ever imagine. And, and all I'll say right now is you have the dudes. There is zero doubt you have the dudes. You, you right now you have your Jordans, you have your LeBrons, you have your Nathan McKinnon, Kim McCars. You have you have the guys that will lead you there. You just need a great supporting cast, and that's and and, and that, that's where the adjustments will be made on defense with with a lot of expiring contracts. And on the offensive line too, because things will change. People, people, you're, people will need to get paid, and you better hope your owner can can fork that out. 
I'm going to bring in Darren here on uh, Live from the Jungle. I know I didn't t- send him a heads up or anything, but he was gracious enough to jump on. It's been a while since the three of us have been able to get together. Um, Darren. What's up, boys? We're going to send Nico off here, but uh, yeah, he felt the sting in his pocketbook. I felt the sting in the twinges of my heart. I don't know if you caught the intro. If you didn't, be sure to listen to the replay of it tomorrow, but Man, I, I'm hurting, and I know that, that you've had some recent experience of dealing with some, some heartbreak, so how, how do I come back from this? This is awful. Uh, man, I, more gotta, beer? Is that what yeah, you were going to say? More, more beer? beer? More beer. You just keep talking through it with the podcast a little bit. If I were you, I would have wanted to kill that middle linebacker as well. That just would have been my initial reaction just right there, just like, what are we doing? I just I, – I, I praise you. I was listening to the last 20 minutes your calmness or just your staying calm because the other side keeps you scary. So I respect it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, the you, kids are- you're talking with two guys that have dealt with number 15 more than anyone <laughs> fucking on the variety sports network. Okay. You're oh. talking, I fucking hate that team more than anyone. <laughs> oh man. And it's the chiefs too. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Nico, thank you for coming on. I'm going to stick around and talk with Darren for a little bit. And then uh, everybody, if you missed any part of this show <clears throat> live from the jungle, you can catch on the far end of the far end of the bench podcast feed. Nico, why don't you go ahead? It's been a while. Why don't you go ahead and run through our, our good, our good oh, stuff. Sure. Um, so our shows come out on Thursdays. Obviously we had some technical difficulties, but, but, but we're, we're getting all that fixed out for next week. It's all good now. And, and next week, we'll be obviously covering a lot more basketball, a lot more um, hockey stuff news coming around. And obviously, I mean, who the fuck cares about the Pro Bowl? So um, n- next week's show will be a lot more centered around everything else that we've missed while covering the playoffs. And obviously, we'll cover the Super Bowl more in two weeks. Um, but, yeah, our show's coming out Thursday. You can catch us at FEOTV Pod. That's F-E-O-T-B Pod on, on Twitter, Instagram, on on on, uh, on YouTube as well, all those links below Darren's head. Um, you can catch us all out on there. And, and like I said, interact with us, um, follow us. Uh, we, we try to interact with everybody. And um, we, 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 we like, we, we're obviously a Denver based show and, and we um, like, but we like popping our shit. I don't. I don't. Like I said, it's been a long ass. Popping our shit. Yeah. We, 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 I, haven't, I haven't done that in fucking way too long. Um, I, will yeah. say, I will say a couple things. One, Philly fans get off my fucking ass. Okay, I know. Philly, Philly, I mean, Philly, Philly. Philly. Yeah, ass. Okay, I know what happened on Saturday. Okay, I know I said some shit on our on our Twitter <laughs> page. That I'm gonna keep my words for. Okay. Um, <sighs> I will be rooting for your team this year, Bull. Okay, that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Get off my ass. <laughs> all right, Nico, I appreciate you jumping on. I'll see you on uh, when we record our podcast. Remember to check out at FEOTB Pod on Thursdays and uh, check Nico and myself out. All right, I'm here with uh, one of the co-hosts of the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast, Darren Briere. Uh, Darren, I'm sure you watched the game. I'm sure you watched both games just like I did. I took a little bit of a nap during the NFC championship game because I knew I was going to need it. And boy, like, I can't tell you the amount of butterflies that were in my stomach. I said it in my pregame show. Like, I don't know why, but like, I feel like it's, it's coaching a game and it's when your team is in a really good spot, like winning, winning this game, puts your team into the championship. That's when you're most nervous. It was never when you were actually competing and had the ability to control the outcome. It's when you have no goddamn control at all. And you're just having to go in there like hands up. That that's why I have all of these yellow jackets here. Um, 
I I appreciate you saying how calm I've been. Um, I was I was writing furiously in my notebook when I was writing that intro open. I was like, I gotta just read this word for word. Do not improv at all. Um, it, it's tough. I mean, tonight is tough. I was hoping for a much different show tonight, but I guess this is where we're at, right? Sometimes these are the ones you gotta have as well, right? These sometimes these are the you know I kind of like your point though what you said about the coachy part of it with the stress. It's so true, man. That's why I, I actually like have so much respect for some of these guys like doing it in the NFL, like to be able to do it during the week and actually live to be like 60. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I know oh. like it just would be a lot. So you're right. That part definitely stands out for sure. Especially in a high impact game like this. Uh, no doubt. Yeah, no, I'm going to pull it up here because I was smart enough to have with as much beer that was flowing through me, I was smart enough to have my uh, workout open to catch my calories during that game. So there you go. See. Let's see. I have a couple workouts in here. During the game, I burned a total of 1,508 calories, and my average heart rate heart rate was 80 beats per minute with a range of 56 to 121. So I'll say 56 was when T. Higgins caught that 40-yard dot to end the first half, and the 121 was when Harrison Butker was taking like his last three steps back to kick that final field goal. It was a range of emotions all the way through unfortunately I come up out on the wrong end of things and I know you have some mixed feelings probably because I'm a Bengals fan and last year we ended your season we ended our 31 playoff year losing streak against your team in somewhat nefarious fashion and I guess I want your thoughts on that too with this game the officiating played too much of a role in the in the outcomes of both this game and even the the nfc championship with that score being so lopsided i'll throw that up here on the screen too but what are your thoughts on that and then what are your thoughts on as a raiders fan how the how myself as a Bengals fan feels right now yeah from a Bengals standpoint right like the official like you know the the officiating is a story it's hard not to like sometimes in a game like that not to think about that part of it as a Bengals fan like like i said as a raiders fan i was definitely even though you guys knocked us out i was still pulling for you guys to be to beat the chiefs like the Chiefs, like, I'm just tired of them, man. Five years in a row, it's like we've, enough is enough. I get, yeah, I appreciate Andy Reid. I appreciate Pat Mahomes. Even though you guys were there last year, I'd rather see you guys there again than the Chiefs. So that's how I felt like going into the game. You know, I thought you guys, uh, you were the ones I was pulling for in that sense, in that regard. And I honestly thought you guys had the game. You know, like getting into that fourth quarter, I really thought, I was like, man, I know you guys are losing 20 to 13, but I just felt like that. It's kind of the way you guys have been winning games this year when we talked about it. Like they come back late, they're confident with Burrow. And they and you mentioned it earlier before I jumped in. They had the shot before they had they they you know what what more do you want than the ball a couple times late with a chance to kick a field goal and win it? So I mean that's I mean, that's the part like where are the penalties and all that? It's like, you know, that's where at the end of the day, if you're like if you're the coach you're, you know, and a player like Burrow, you're like, I had the ball, I could have done something if we want. So I think that's the part that probably I would think for me, if I was in your position, would kill me the most in that sense. As much as those penalties suck too, I'd be like, we did have a legit chance at least. That plus the fifth down, and then what I put up put up at the bottom of the of the screen as well. And I'll get your thoughts on the fifth down play. Um, but the Bengals over the last two seasons, twenty two and eleven. After the previous two years, I mentioned it a six twenty five and one record from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty. That was the year before they drafted Burrow, the end of the Marvin Lewis Andy Dalton era into Joe Burrow being injured in his rookie season. They've added 16 more wins 
to their total over the last two seasons from 2019 to 2020. So they're obviously doing something correct. They have the ability to continue to do so. That fifth down play there, and I mean, yeah, they and CBS ended up finding a shot to show you where the referee was trying to run on the field and blow the whistle and then just be like, fuck it, let's have him play it out because I'm a 55-year-old white-haired white guy and I need to be on national television for 25 seconds. But um, that should not have happened. Like that was – the Bengals should not have had to stop the the Chiefs two times. I saw one Twitter account I and I, I, I should pull it up here because I think I liked one of their tweets, but it was like, okay, the Chiefs just converted on eighth down and four. So <laughs> hey, hopefully they don't have another shot here. So what yeah. what were your thoughts there? Well, the first thought was, I just feel like this is the type of stuff that happens to the Chiefs. They get they get these type of breaks, right? Like that's kind of my initial thought right away when it happened. And then I feel like, did it, was there one, what, what am I thinking too? There was one where, I feel like you guys got a holding on a penalty as well. Is that the one you're referring to, right? And then there was that one where you guys got a sack later to kind of make up for it in a sense. But I feel like that, yeah, as a defense, those are the type of things. And even as a in, a, in an AFC championship, you can't have that type of tackiness because it's just like you got to understand, like, the sport is so momentum play to play. Like, that's a killer. Like, it's like you can't have a fake play. Like, that, this is unacceptable to me, like, in that regard. And, like, and let, you know, if it goes negative, like we said, thank God it wasn't the ultimate decider, but still those things do add up over time. And I just, for me, that, that kind of stuff, I mean, like, like you said, like for you, it's got to be even more frustrating because your team was kind of the result, uh, you know, the, the, that got affected by that. But like, for me, just from outside watching, I'm just like, how tacky that that can be the case. And just like, I don't know. It's just bad luck to me. I agree. And it's one of those things like uh, I'm sure your podcast partner, you know, Tyler is going to have a lot of things to say. There was a lot that could have gone differently in his game. There was a lot that could have gone differently in my game. And I just have this show right now to be able to talk about it. But that was (laughs) just one of the most, why end the season that way? Why, why have the officials be such an important part of the end of what was what we said was everybody said was going to be the best game of the weekend. It was. Yeah. Why have the officials play a part in the outcome of, of that game in that situation? As the NFL, you'd have to be pissed, even though you get your Kelsey Super Bowl, Travis versus Jason, and we're going to have two weeks of content where Stephen A. Smith is going to come out in a, a Philadelphia Eagles onesie, and it's just going to be, uh, the Cowboys fans are going to turn over in their grave, but like. Why have that play a part of it? Patrick Mahomes showed he could have won that game without your help. Yeah. You didn't have to officiate the game in the Chiefs' favor as well. Again, no offense to you Chiefs fans. You guys won that game, but come on. We yeah. all know. <laughs> it was bad, man. I, I, I just can't even – that's why football's stressful too, like, it, like you were saying about your heart rate thing with that stuff. That's why that stuff. That's why it's stressful too, because you got like forty seconds between plays, and then you got like you got to deal with the refs after the play to see if a yellow flag's in there. What do you think? Do you think they just like they never do full time officials, and they never really seem to ever care about it? I don't know. Like I, mean, I just don't see. It's I like why would they do it now? I mean, I guess to me that's the only real thing they could do, right? It would be something like that, or entice. I I can think I said it on my podcast, but I was like, 
I was coaching a middle school wrestling duel and I was talking to the ref after he almost kicked me out because after like 10 minutes after he almost kicked me out, we were cool again. He goes, no, I, I ref the high school duel, this middle school duel. And I did a middle school duel for an hour yesterday. I made 900 bucks this week. I was like, fuck, man, yeah. you have me thinking I'm on the wrong side of the whistle here. So if you start enticing officiating with that kind of money, yeah. then you might have some competency there. That's um, true. But also, why is Gene Serator? They should just the NFL. Let's fire Gene Serator and all these officiating analysts for all these TV networks and make them head officials again. Because the guys that took over for you have proven they suck in big moments. They're not good. They can't be relied on. So let's not let the officiating. I saw a tweet earlier today too, and again, I apologize, but I can't. I was so emotional. I wasn't writing down Twitter handles when I was seeing these things, but I remember a day when you could watch an NFL game and not notice the officiating once. And I know you—you you probably remember the same thing. Yeah, no, it's been a while. I mean, I feel like recently, I feel like in these championship games, it has been becoming more of a factor, though, right? Like, kind of almost back to the uh, to the the Saints Rams one. I feel like it's gotten a little bit worse over the last five years. I mean. Yeah, there's always bad calls, always like little things here or there, but it does seem it just seems like it's for how far and how much money they put into these replays and like where we're at with like all these officials and all it just seems like we'd be better at something like this stuff. You would think so. Um Darren, I appreciate you coming on. I I'm feeling like we should wrap this thing up here soon. So go ahead. Uh, you, I know you had your episode drop earlier this morning on Variety Sports Network. Everybody should follow at Variety underscore sports underscore. Maybe give our listeners now that are live a little preview, a little enticer as to why they should check out your most recent episode there on the Variety Sports Network for the Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports Podcast. Yeah, no, thanks for letting me jump on. You just threw the, you threw the invite out there, which I always appreciate. And sometimes it's hard to kind of jump on when I can, but I was like, yeah, I got to jump on it just for a few minutes just to kind of talk to the guys, see how he's doing. My, uh, the guy from my talking the gridiron host here. So thanks again for letting me jump on here and uh, kind of talk the AFC NFC championship game with you here a little bit mostly. Um, yeah, check us out, Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports, our YouTube channel. Our latest episode dropped this morning. We had a guy on that did a documentary on the Oakland A Stadium. Got, you know, had some, you got like, man, he's got like over 2,000 views on the things. And he did a really good job with it, young kid. Uh, so that's a big deal out here with the A's. But then we also touched on the, uh, the championship games and one of our big topics was was is it okay to root for a rival? So as obviously as a Raiders fan, Ty, Nider, uh, Tyler being a Niners fan today, what was one of our topics that we talked about uh, going into the day? So uh, yeah, check us out uh, at Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports. Uh, uh, it'll be it'll be good. We're trying to get Nico on one of these days. Talk Nuggets here soon too. So we'll see if that happens. Yeah, I think both of us are going to open up a little bit more now. My wrestling season coaching is over here in the, in the next couple of weeks, so I can come on and maybe do like a hockey or yeah. or pseudo sport basketball show, maybe an NFL offseason or maybe USFL show. But, yeah, Nico should be able to be coming on as well. His season's picking up as well. He's going to be traveling quite a bit. So, But we're definitely going to – you're one of our favorite podcasts to listen to, so check out – at Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports and check out at Variety underscore Sports underscore Darren and Tyler do a great job over there and uh, I appreciate you coming on and yeah. wish was better better circumstances but sorry, you know I'm yeah. sorry I'm there with you I got to be there to, when you smile I got to be there when you cry right yeah no I I've had I have three so far in the span of this show I think a couple more and I should be able to finally go to sleep tonight and be able to get ready to teach 35 12 year olds tomorrow at 8:30 in the morning. Oh, my God, life. God bless you, man. God bless you for that. <laughs> uh, thanks, right. Jimmy. I appreciate it, man. I'll see you. I'll talk All to you right. a little bit.
Well, yeah, that's, uh, I said I'm going to kind of wrap it up here, and, and I am. It's it's a sad episode. It's one more. And maybe they, they should have talked a little bit about with both Nico and Darren, like, the officiating shouldn't have been that much of a deal, but at, at the end, Kansas City beats Cincinnati, and they did it in a way where you can't argue with it. They're the AFC champion. They're going on to the Super Bowl to face the Philadelphia Eagles. It's going to be another two seed versus the number one seed. The Bengals were in the midst of becoming the first team to beat the number two and number one seed back to back and making it to the Super Bowl themselves. Unfortunately, it doesn't come out in their favor. Make sure if you did not check out the preview, the intro of this show, you do so afterwards here. Uh, I'm wrapping things up and then go back, check that out. It was handwritten. I wrote it before we started the live stream of this show. Follow at FEOTV pod. You see it down next to my name over here. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave a like, a comment. Tell your friends about us. We release our new podcast every Thursday. Nico Bryant, who was my guest earlier on in this show, was there and you can see us both over on the far end of the bench youtube channel and the far end of the bench social medias at feotv pod with that this has been live from the jungle the final one of the 2022-2023 nfl season we'll have some more live shows coming up here but for now i'll see you all on thursday for another episode of the far end of the bench thank you all for being bench warmers jimmy Pilato. we will see you guys next week if you don't stay down and you never quit, come on over here and sit on the far end of the bench. Stripes.
sing and let the city know you rock them. Yeah, we got them. Yeah, we fought them. Like that black and orange or bottle. Mingle bottle. Never stop it. To the beast of East and Nola. Who they rocking with the diamond stripes? Flossing on the wings. Cincinnati, she's our queen. We gon' show the world who king. Jim and Dave Black in the night. Strikes in our veins, sparks gonna fly. The beast is awake, orange, black, and white. Cause when the jungle come alive, we ignite in our strikes. Cincinnati, we gon' rise in our In the jungle, we unite in our Dripping orange and black and white. Who day when we fight, live and die in these strikes. Welcome to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. This is Pint Glass Football, and I'm your host, Brad Fowler. On this show, I'm going to drink beer and give you my opinions and discuss the latest news around the NFL and college football every week, from the NFL draft all the way to the Super Bowl. Not only will you hear my takes, but I'll bring on media professionals from places like ESPN, NFL Network, CBS Sports, Pro Football Focus, Yahoo Sports, Fox Sports, and many other media outlets in order to bring you the most informative and entertaining football podcast out there. Don't believe me? Well, PGF has over 400 ratings and reviews and is ranked inside the top 1% most popular shows in the world, according to ListenNotes.com. The podcast is available at PintGlassFootball.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So become a member of PGF Nation and hit that follow or subscribe button right now.